Why, hello, everyone. Now, you see, the Chili Crew has not been able to meet like they normally do, so we've been forced to make episodes based upon some of our live casts we've done on the Facebooks. Now, I may not understand all the technical know-how and terminology, but I believe one of the Chili Crew has informed me that because they're taking these episodes from their live cast, some of the audio might sound like it's coming from a rotary phone. I don't see what the problem is. Rotary sounded absolutely fine to me. Oh, right, right. So anyway, please forgive some of the uh, uh, breaks and conversations that you might run into from time to time. And by the way, if you'd like to join the conversation, they go live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Listen, we've been praying for all of you, and we hope that all of you are staying safe and staying healthy. And until we meet again, please keep the conversation going. We love you and enjoy. Well, hey guys, welcome to Biblical Chili. I know we've been on for a minute. We're just chit-chatting here. We had a very interesting conversation when we were trying to figure out what we were going to do for this week. And it's a topic, uh, I can I say we've touched on? But we haven't really, it hasn't been a full topic, has it? No, uh, it's, it's it's just been touched on a little bit. It's like, uh, but no, we've uh, only touched on it in the glancing fashion. We like talked on uh, little increments of it throughout most of our episodes where we're talking about the character of God and, and how he affects our lives. So tonight we're just going to talk about it. Okay, so how, do, how are we going to start this question? Because it, it's not really a question. It's more or less a, a large-scale topic because this affects everything when it comes to our own faith. I mean, it, it really, really does. I think, well, uh, first we'll, we'll uh, set this over to Mike. We'll have him kick us off with prayer. Awesome. All right, let's go ahead and pray, guys. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the wonderful day you've given us. Thank you for the blessings that you've shown us. Thank you for the group of guys that we have together. And uh, thank you for the ability that we do have to come together. And uh, I pray you would help what we talk and what we discuss. I pray you would help this to help other people uh, be more encouraged to seek after you and to love you and to uh, follow you more and to think about what uh, your characteristics are. And thank you so much for what you're doing and what you're going to do. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So to, to start this off, I think we'll kind of frame it this way. I, I shared a video, and the video talked about perspective and uh, the distorted views and, and things like that. But uh, – Basically, it was a story of a, a a man and his daughter traveling together and how they looked so much alike. And they were proud, or the daughter was proud to look like her dad. A lot of times, you know, uh, when, when people say, you look oh like God. your mom or you look like your dad, it's like a, a, a recoil almost. Like, a, I, I, I hope I don't look like that. Don't tell me I act like that. You know, it's... it's a, there's a lot of negative negative things tied to those, most of them in joking, but some of them uh, in all seriousness. And that got me uh, questioning about we, we have God our Father, and uh, how, what are we doing or what are we trying to do? Do we even want to be like or look like 
our father, the one that we that we picture of, the one that we worship, the God that we believe in, is uh if, is a God that we picture in our head, the one we want to mold ourselves after. And I I, I tasked you guys with uh not coming up with a quick yes or no answer. I kind of want you to <laughs> dig your heels in and tell us your perspective on this. Uh, I'll I'll bring up the rear. Someone wants to jump up there and grab it. Well, from my study of the Bible and the pre teachings of God, I feel like he is uh, a song comes to mind when I actually think about it. It's it. My life is run by the Bible and the belt. I kind of feel like he's both. He teaches us philosophy on business on finances and other things but he also says like he spites the people that need to be spited and if you don't follow by his rules it's just like you're punished it's not hey i'm gonna go do this no it's no you're not don't do that please don't do that now and then he brings a punish punishment i just feel he's just like the whole idea of brotherhood finances and other things and be kind to people. But when you step out of line, then you're in trouble. So God's going to take you to the woodshed. <laughs> Is that a God personally that you would want to mimic in, in a fashion? Understanding your perspective of, of God's character that you just described. I would because it's just, uh, I feel it's more towards like just being a good person first off, trying to be kind to your neighbor and then also have that discipline. Hey, that's wrong. Don't do it or I'm going to punish you. Off the same website, uh, this uh, digma.com, they got some good videos there, guys. Uh, check them out. They have six characteristics or six categories, six different theisms or belief systems uh, attributed to God. Um, first, they have materialism or atheism, that there is no God, that all life is accidental. We're just here. There's pantheism, which is nature is God. There's no personal relationship with God. It begins and ends with nature. There's appeasement theism, where God is a bloodthirsty tyrant, where we have to do all in our power to keep him happy, otherwise he will smite us down where we stand. There's a deterministic theism, where God controls everything. We are just pawns on his chessboard, that he controls everything, the good, the bad, the ugly. We just are here. Then there's deism, which is completely the flip side of that, where God made the world, and then he said, Good luck. <laughs> and it left, left you where you stand. Then there's benevolent theism. Pretty much uh, that's the free will theism, that God is love and it's more centralized around brotherhood and, and relationships and stuff. I don't know if I, what, what you're thinking there more is like an appeasement where you have to do what you're supposed to do, otherwise you get struck down. But this might help you put a term to the way you think. 
I've heard a lot of things traveling around in the Navy. I heard a lot of different, different outlooks. Uh, some of the priests and so-called preachers that would be on board were very interesting to talk to and uh, to see how they, how they lived their life, you know, on board and structured, this is who I am. And then as soon as they got out into public, into their own personal time, it was a lot different. And so they were complete opposites. So it was, it was interesting to see those kind of things. A lot of things have influenced my life. I did a lot of study growing up on Mormonism, personally studying more. Like I actually went to the Mormon temple in Utah and walked up there and looked around at it and walked around the temple and stuff. Couldn't go inside. They wouldn't let me in there doing a lot of things to learn. I was, I was learning. I was trying to actually find out more information. I wanted to know what, what their opinion of their own belief system was. I wanted their answers. Could they give me answers to, to, to tear down my belief, I guess is what the best way I could say it. I was looking for people to try to, to eradicate my belief system. Um, I was looking for people that would try to uh, say there was a, a determining factor on, you know, how we believe God is. And so as the more I learned from them, the more I grew stronger in my own faith and in what the Bible says and how it portrays things. I thought it was interesting how, uh, how Scully there said, talked about how, you know, the, the spanking and stuff like that. I believe, I believe a lot has to do with our society and our culture too, on how we portray different things as well. Because if you look at how Christ was, uh, how Jesus was in his life and how he did things, uh, when, when it came to loving others and training up people, what did he do as a child? Did he, did he uh, follow his parents' uh, lead? Did he obey his parents? Uh, how did he do those things? What, what was his life like? You know, and so if you look at some of the things in Scripture and how, how his characteristics are and how he loved people and how he would just randomly go to strangers and talk to them, and he cared for them. Like from his heart, he cared for them. Uh, the lady at the well just a complete stranger. Nobody knew him. Nobody knew what they were talking about, you know, in reference to like, like even his apostles were like, why are, why are you doing this? You know, he reprimanded his apostles several times when they thought they were doing right, condemning other people and, and, and looking down on other people and things like that didn't work out very well. His, his responses were complete opposite. And I do know there's a lot of, a lot of people's views and this is where I look at it too. There's a lot of people's views that, that go on to, well, he's a God of love and they stick with that. And that's all he is, is a God of love. He's a God of love. And so there's no way he could do these bad things because he's a God of love. They need to read the whole picture. They need to, they need to look at the whole thing, all of his characteristics, not just one. They need to actually, it's, it's like, it's like fake news, okay? You only see a piece of the story. You need to see the whole picture. You need to see everything, okay? You need to see both sides. You have to find out all the facts. You need to know 
everything there is about a person. And that's, again, that's why I went out and I started researching other be other people's beliefs. I wanted their opinion about what they believed in. That's why, that's why I like the group that we have because we have all researched our own belief and we understand where we stand, but yet we can all come together in an understanding of there's several things that we agree on. And those things are scriptural and those things are of the Bible. And so we agree on those. The other little doctrinal things that we don't agree on, you know, the Lord will straighten us out when we get to heaven, you know, and, and that's that's the way I look at this stuff. You know, why am I going to get all all twisted on my brotherhood? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. OK, God will straighten me out when I get there. And I, I think that if we just focus on the characteristics of God, yes, he did. He does talk about uh train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart far from it. Okay. Part of that far? training. Yeah. Far, far from it. <laughs> hey, not far from it. You know, like the apple doesn't far fall, fall far from the tree. Yeah. I think that's an interesting statement. It kind of coincides with scripture. It is. You know, if you, if you train a child, right. Then part of that training is teaching them that the electrical plug is not a good thing to poke your finger around in or stick a metal fork in or, you know, okay. That's part of the training. Okay. You don't just let them do it. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not, that's not the right way. And, and that's the way God is. God loves you. He's willing to, you know, do things to help you stop what you're doing before you get to that bridge that's out. He's willing to send people your way and give you a Bible that gives you everything you need. I'm very excited right now. I'm sorry, guys. Beneficial <laughs> <laughs> um, excitement. <laughs> when it when it comes to this, I mean, there's so many characteristics of God in the scriptures that are so like pointed as to specific things that and and when I read how he loved his disciples and how he loved other people. That's an awesome characteristic, how he loved and honored his parents. Wow, what an amazing thought. How he would treat um, his enemies. Oh, there's a, there's a topic that we can jump on. I mean, the characteristics of God, how did he do things? How am I supposed to love a person that doesn't, doesn't love me back? How am I supposed to stay in a relationship with that person? Um, there's certain things that you got to look at. And the Bible, he gave us a Bible that has all the answers, all of them. It has all the answers to all of our questions. We just have to do exactly what he said, study to show yourself approved unto God. And then if you look at that and you study it, guess what? You're going to get those answers. And he has so much mercy and so much that it's ever new every day. And he wants to give it to you. And he's got so much, it's just unbelievable. And so just having that is just an awesome thing. And guys, I'm, I'm starting to ramble. I'm sorry. No, this you're is, good. It's an awesome thing. I have a God that I will follow. And I know I will. I will follow my God because he's my God. And he is a powerful and awesome God. But he's also a loving and kind God. And I am, I am so excited to talk about my God because he's so wonderful and awesome. And he has done so much for me personally It's unbelievable that he would even think about me, just, just me, little of me in, in size comparison. I am, I am literally not even a dot compared to his size. Okay. So him, him thinking even about me and the fact that he loves me and cared for me enough to send his son. I couldn't imagine sending 
one of my sons to die for somebody else, let alone my only son. That's just like mind blowing. And so to, to comprehend how awesome my God is, I can't wait to get to heaven because I'll tell you what, I'm going to have a blast. I'm glad it's forever and ever because it, it's going to take me that long just to just to be jumping up and down for joy. <laughs> it's awesome, man. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait because my God is so, so awesome. And I get to think about that awesomeness every day. The fact that I get to wake up in the morning and breathe and I see my, my kids and I see my wonderful wife. Those are blessings, guys. And, and, I tell you what, when I when I know my family's actually going to be going to heaven too, what a blessing, you know, to know that each one of my family members have actually chose themselves to to follow God as well. And to me, that is one of the biggest blessings a person could ever have in their life is the hope that they're going to see their family again after this life. I will follow my <laughs> God till till I die. And and I, so, I, so I, your uh, your your answer would be yes that you would live. <laughs> you said not uh, to make a simple answer, Tom. <laughs> I did. Oh, good job. Good job. All right, you guys. For the last five minutes, what do you guys have to say? <laughs> yeah, we only have three seconds left. Okay, that's a hard act to follow. I would just say one of the things. One of the things I remember from being a kid. Is, uh, is wondering about God and and stop laughing. You're gonna be laughing. I'm trying to be serious. No, I'm trying to be serious. I don't know what I don't remember what Tom said, but I'm gonna say this about King David. King David was a man after God's own heart. And one of the things that I thought about as a kid is how how do I become that man after God's heart? What do I do? How do I pursue Him? What is it that I want from God? What what do I want? And then, I mean, I was always thinking about fatherhood. I was always thinking about what I should be as a father. So that was, I mean, that's something that was always on my mind. And those are things that I talk to people about all the time. The characteristics, characteristics of God, God's character. Who is God? <laughs> what is his character? When I became a father, I wasn't sure how I was going to do that. Hi, little one. And somebody gave me a little bit of wisdom. They said, you know what? Your kids are going to be the, you're going to be the first view of Jesus in their lives. And what is that? What is that going to look like? What's that picture going to look like? Um, I mean, and, and I've read this before. I'm going to read it again. It's from Corinthians. Okay. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. And as a father, we fail at that, don't we? We, we do fail at that sometimes, but we have forgiveness. We can come back to that. Um, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And if you're giving this character, if you're building this character into your children, you're building godly character into them. But as, uh, as somebody before being a father, um, I wrote down these notes. I'm like, what are we? What do we become? We are what our parents were. We are what we saw. We are what we were taught. 
Um, and can that change? That can change. I believe God can change us for the better through God's word. He tells us how to become better. He shows us his character. Mike's already told this, told us this, but he shows us his character through his, his word. Uh, and, and I think Corinthians 13 is Jesus. That is his character. He is God. Uh, and, and, and if you haven't seen this show this week, Tom turned me on to it. It's called The Chosen. If you haven't seen that, this is a commercial for that. <laughs> I'm telling you, when he, when he was with the kids, my gosh, did, I mean, would you not want to be a father like Jesus was to those kids and to the people that he taught? I mean, loving, kind, patient. We know God's a patient God. All you got to do is look around um, at today's society and know that he's a patient mm -hmm. God. Those I are the agree. things that I was thinking of as Mike was uh, on his Baptist rant. <laughs> <laughs> I love Baptist rants. I keep hearing those those watches on Sunday Sunday afternoon though at twelve o'clock. Beep beep beep. It's time to get to the beef carver. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'll take this up if if Tom's going to take the the end of this. So you guys have covered a lot of what I was going to go into. So. I would say, yeah, the short version is yes, I would, but, and this may be brought up later, but the, I would like to be more like God, the, the character of God. Now, uh, Mike and Wayne and Sully, all of you guys actually have touched on this a little bit. The best verse that I know of, of, of describing the character of God, and I'm just kind of expounding on what you guys, what you guys have said, so. First uh, John 4, 8 actually says, states very clearly that God is love. It says, in this, the love of God was manifest toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. So when scripture talks about that, that's uh, verse nine. Before that, it talks about how God is love and that just kind of displays it. And even John 3, 16, which many people know, uh, for God so loved the world. I mean, we could just stop right there. Uh, right. And I would agree with Mike when Mike was saying we can't just stop there because I've I've seen that happen before where God is all about love. God is all about love. But here's here's the thing that I've discovered in studying for this. God, everything that God has done. Is everything like that he has in, engaged in. Thank you, Mike. And everything that he is engaged in is loving. But here's the problem that we run into. And here's the problem that I run into in trying to be like God. God has to worry about all of his children, if you understand what I mean. God has to, every action, you guys, we are never going to understand. I, I, I know Michael talked about living for eternity. We are never going to understand this part about God, about this fine line that he has to walk because he has to think about what's best for all of his children. Now, I only have two, which, I mean, uh, Wayne, you kind of brought this up about being a, being a father. God the Father, right? And there's a lot of scripture out there that says that, you know, uh, uh, when Jesus was describing the Father, and he brought up, uh, yeah, right, I think you're right. <laughs> Not two, but when being, being like God in, in that fatherly manner is, is, is awesome. But you got to figure out, when it comes to even with this limited life, I've noticed this. And like I said, I, I haven't had this taste like you guys have had. I only have two. 
the two kids that I have to, when a decision is made and let's say both kids are at odds against each other as a father, I have to step in and do what's best for both parties. If you understand what I mean. So like in a lot of instances, Oh, Solomon. Yeah. Oh, Solomon. Right. Right. And so like for my, for example, when a child in my home, any child, by the way, this is the rule of the house. If you fight over a toy, it goes to daddy and it's now daddy's. <laughs> so guess what happens? So, so that that's is... why you buy them all those things. You know, I think we should get you a four wheeler this year because <laughs> it might end up happening that you might fight over it. And daddy might <laughs> to take it over for a little while. I'm, I hope he's not. He could have went with a Ford Mustang. I really or hope he's not listening. You know, something better. <laughs> but anyway, my my point is 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 this. I in in studying for this, I, I found something very interesting. There are actual rules of engagement that God has to abide by, because scripture scripture God has actually tied His own hands many times, like things like, for example, God can't lie. Oh man, that has just now limited his arsenal of actions he can partake in, right? God has to abide by all of the laws that he has set in place, like, for example, the Ten Commandments. But guess what? Satan doesn't have to. And Satan's biggest weapon in this world today is distorting the character of God. So that's why I appreciate God's character in, in this aspect of God is love, but we have to understand what that means. He has to do what's best for the universe and every creature in the universe, not just for you at this moment. So, and that's, you know, with my own, being a father myself, how can I, how can I engage in that, I guess? But go, go ahead, Tom, take this up. Lead this down another path. I think of uh, when I pray and I try to think of the, the person I'm speaking to. You know, so I, I worship God, and I I always try to build a little box so I can visualize a person I'm having a conversation with, a relationship with. And yes, he's stern. Yes, he's loving. Um, sometimes those two, more often than not, those two go hand in hand. Understanding, forgiving, compassionate. And giving, that's the that's the, the the God that I I pray to. That's the God that I read about in the Bible. That's the fingerprint of Him everywhere I look. So yes, I can I can want all of those aspects to, to shine through in me. Um, and like you guys have all said, that's a a, a really tall order. For the parts that we lack, for the parts that we lack in ourselves. What are we doing to try to get more of God's character to show through to us? Do we, or do you pray specifically for that? I know that if I want something from my, from my dad, I have to actually ask for it. Even though he knows what I want, he's not just going to give it to us because then we're, what, we'll be spoiled. We'll, we'll be spoiled. So what are you guys doing to get some of those aspects of, of God's character that we want to be like our heavenly father so that we know how to correct our steps and be more like that. 
I I never thought about it that way. I've never. That's an interesting topic. I'm gonna have to actually do some self uh, reflection on that. Uh, I'm no. I respect that answer. That's good. Yeah, we we all aren't aren't here with all the answers, and it's just I like putting those ear earworms out, <laughs> make you think about it. You stumped me, Tom. You stumped me. Go ahead, go ahead, Mike. What's up? Stump the Sally. <laughs> Scripture I fall back on uh, is how do I renew my mind? Okay, how do I how do I have my Christ? How do I think like He did? What do I do? Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Man, how, how do you do that? By the renewing of your minds. How do you renew your brain? How do you, how do you fix what the world's put in? How do you get all the junk of the world out and got in? How do you do that? I talk to my boys about this a lot because we are constantly bombarded by all the junk of the world. Okay, just constant every day. We got these little things right here. That is an absolute disaster in my home. Okay. It's a disaster. When I, when I'm trying to help my kids actually focus on things of the Lord, I've got to make sure that these are off. They are out of the way. Why? Cause it is a major distraction. How do I renew my mind? The Bible is what renews my mind. How did the, how did Jesus combat the devil? How did he go? How did he go through that 40 days of, of fasting and and combat the devil and all that stuff that he did he quoted scripture to him he put it in his mouth put it right in his mouth that's it you know and and uh i love the statement that uh in you know open your mouth wide and i will fill it if you don't know what to say to somebody else memorize the scripture and god will bring it out he will he will bring those scriptures out and that's how you get the mind of christ you study the Bible, study to show thyself approved, a workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You study God's word and it will come out. When, when you have a character flaw, the Bible will show you that flaw and then it'll show you how to work on it. Okay. It, again, it has all the answers. I've got to have answers for these teenage boys. I've got to have answers for my daughter growing up. I've got to have answers for the rest of my boys before they become teenagers. Oh, I'm going to be a poor man with all these teenagers in my house. Uh, <laughs> so, so to point to, to kind of pinpoint your, your suggestion, you'd say renewing your mind through scripture. Yeah. Through the study meditation and application of scripture. So actually Applying, applying what you learn. Like Sully said, he said, it, you know, there's a lot of stuff about uh, uh, finances. There's a lot of stuff about how to, how to not do things. Okay. Again, I, I reference a lot of weird things. I guess, Tom, you've rubbed off on me. The Bible to me is a gamer's guide. Okay. I'm a gamer. I love games. And when I have a gamer's guide to help me through a game, it tells me where all the treasures are. It tells me where all the back doors are. It tells me where all the enemies are. It tells me where everything's at in the game, okay? It tells me what I need to know to get through life. So when when I need to, to deal with a problem like uh, Corona uh, or, or whatever you want to call it, you know, when I, when I got an issue I got to deal with, 
the Bible has the answers and I just got to read it and look at it and go, okay, how do I apply this? How do I, how do I figure this out? And I study it and scripture. If you look at scripture and you have a problem with one scripture, you look for it again in the Bible and you look for another re repetitive thing in the Bible of that scripture. So if you're having a problem with something, you go, well, what did this person do? And so you read and reference different things in the New Testament, Old Testament. What did they do? What did they say? And you bounce back and forth in the Bible. And guess what? It tells you what to do. It's, it's really cool. So that's... What are we doing more? I think, man, that, that really hit the nail on the head though, Mike, about that. I mean, that's good. I like that. Yep. I mean, I've heard that the Bible is uh, the basic instructions before leaving earth. I mean, I, that, <laughs> I mean, a lot of that kind of sums it up. Right. So can, can I ask something shifting to the character of God and, and uh, can, can I ask a, a question? Well, okay. So this is from a Greek scholar this is uh he's long dead but uh this is a greek scholar and this is this was his conclusion about god and his character so i i, I just want to get your guys's two cents input on this one is it in latin what is it in latin no i i will speak in english I'll translate. <laughs> <laughs> is god willing to prevent evil but not able then is he not omnipotent is he able but not willing then he is malevolent. Is he both able and willing? Then whence forth come evil? Is he either able nor willing? Then why call him God? His, his name was Epicurus. Uh, and it, I just, it kind of hit me. It kind of hit me interesting. We kind of covered that topic a little bit, but I wanted to see your guys' opinion on that. He's basically claiming the age old accusation against God, if God really is love, then he would have already fixed everything already. But but we're forgetting something here, though. He's forgetting something here. God God gave us free will. What Where, where does that come in? Why doesn't anyone yeah. talk about that? He gave us Benevolent free will. Benevolent theism. Yep. Right, right. And he gave us free will to make decisions. I was thinking about this earlier. God is also a disciplinarian. He is disciplined. He and he allows us in our free will to make decisions. He also allows us to reap the benefits of a good decision, a godly decision. He also allows us to the discipline, the punishment, if you will, of a bad decision. Nobody ever wants to take responsibility for a bad choice. And in I'm thinking of fatherhood here. I'm thinking you deal with kids all the time that don't want to take responsibility for the choice they made. But eventually, after eight hours of beating it through their head sometimes, they finally <laughs> get it. They finally get it. But the importance is the, that also leads me to this. God is a forgiving God. When we make a mistake, when we choose improperly and there are things that happen and we go down the wrong road, God has open arms. He will forgive us and he will take us back. But this whole thing that you just read to me, that is just that. That doesn't compute. It doesn't compute because <laughs> nothing free will comes in there. It does not compute. He loves you. He gives you freedom to choose. We choose him. I choose him. And just to throw this in here, 
Mike's been hammering on this. Everybody else has too. God's word. God's word. We all know people who know God's word, but it really isn't part of their DNA because their life doesn't show it. The fruits aren't there. You don't see it. And, and, and I've thought back on my own life sometimes where I would spew out these things from the Bible and my opinions on how things should be, how people should be. But it wasn't evident in my own life. So you have to pull back and say, look, this, I know I got head knowledge. I, I've got memorization of verses and I know what God says, but it hasn't become part of my DNA. It isn't who I am. It has to become you. You have to give it, you got to be all in. I saw a shirt today. It said all in. You got to be all in with God's word. And it's got to become part of your everyday walk, part of your DNA. It comes out of your mouth. It's in your mind. Are you going to make mistakes? Yes, you are going to make mistakes. The beauty of it is you go running back to God and he will forgive you. Okay. You just sparked me with that guy. I don't even want to know. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the, the Another thing to add to Wayne is the fact that we travel on the path that is set for us. Just because someone else is hurting, it's just an opportunity for somebody else to help. Yes. It's amen. not just it's not just an opportunity for somebody to suffer or do anything like that. It's an opportunity for somebody to step forward, preach the word of God, be a loving neighbor, be a caring person, and show the love that everyone deserves and everyone needs in their life. We are called to that. We're called to that. Serve people, to love people, to find out what their needs are, to help them with those things. Good job, Sully. I like that. Thank you, Dana. Hey, uh, you're talking about God being a, a disciplinarian. There was a preacher. He said that teenagers, their, their brains fall about to hear. And... Uh, it, <laughs> It's our it's it's our uh, our responsibility as parents to take the board of education and apply it to the seed of knowledge to pop it back up in <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Knock it back up where it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Re reapply the brains back to where it goes. Now <laughs> now for, yeah. for me, I on, on top of prayer and, and uh reading the Bible, God speaks to me through the nature. I like going for a walk through the woods, listening to the quiet, looking around, identifying his uh, his fingerprints everywhere. And the big one for me was that Peter, he he tried walking on water. He saw how scary it was, and he started to sink. I gravitated towards the water, and just not not like a, a pond or a river, but large water where you look out and you can't see anything on the other side. And just for you to walk on. Go ahead. It's all right. It's all right. But to to look out and you can see where it's shallow and calm and deep and tumultuous and the waves are crashing up on the shallow shore and how like like life it's always changing, ever flowing, and we just have to have to learn to mm -hmm. trust God that He's gonna allow us to to make it through another day, and that is coming through understanding and embracing what He has to tell us, what He's already given us, looking for His handiwork, 
when when my daughter was born, you know, looking in her eyes for the first time, you can't help but not you can't help but see God's handiwork in there. You know, that, that's like the just the pure picture of perfection, holding it in your hands, holding hands with your wife or your spouse, uh, walking. You know that that feeling right there. Just those little things that God is whispering to you about how everything is going to be okay. Now we talked a lot about the the um, the character of God. Now I want to turn it back on us. How does our our look? How does our view on God, our Father, change when we go through times of crisis, when things get hard, when things get really difficult to to digest? That if God loves us, why is this happening? What can we do? I what can we do to reinforce our faith to let us know that things will be okay and that we can just trust God to get us through this storm. What are what are ways that you guys fall back on to help coax us through this and know that God's not just being spiteful, but we're going to have to learn something through this, but we can't see it yet. I guess in in lieu of your question in, in a time of crisis, because you, you kind of had two questions. Okay, so what do you do in the time of crisis and what do you do to, you know, ensure that everything's going to be okay, more or less? Uh, I don't know if I would say that I want to make sure that everything's going to be okay or, or like, you know, have that necessarily everything's going to be fine because we do, I understand and, and my family understands we live in a fallen world. So if bad things are happening because of what scripture says and because of our own personal experiences in life, my family knows that God will always take care of us, not that everything's going to be fine because Scripture says that, um, what is it, evil, or uh, it rains on the just and the unjust. You know, like good things happen to good, bad. It just, it doesn't matter. It's going to happen to everybody. And so I, I don't know if I would go down that road, at least for me, that everything's going to be okay, but more or less I would say that God's got us. God's got, te- got us taken care of. He's, I mean, I guess to quote... Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, kind of formerly known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, they, he goes, well, I want you guys to bow down and, and, and you know, worship this golden image. But then they, they actually came out and they said, listen, we, we're not going to violate our God. We're not going to worship idols. God told us not to. And he said, we know that God can take care of us. And then they turned around and said, the flip side of that coin, they said, even if you do kill us, king, it doesn't matter. We will not violate, our, you know, we are not going to bow down and worship this image because we love the Lord more than we love your threats, more or less. <laughs> I, I guess I would quote him in, in saying that, listen, even God's taking care of me and my family, even if something happens where my entire family dies in a car crash. It, it, honestly, it, we, I know that God's got them one way or another. This, this life is, is a temporary existence uh, m- like moving us forward into something greater. God is coming. Jesus is coming for us. And one way or another, he will have us in his hands. And our perspectives, when it comes to a time of crisis, it's it's really difficult. I, I see the hands. Sorry, guys. I'll, I'll wrap up right now. Uh, it's really difficult because of those times of crisis. I, I think personally, and here's, here's my, my personal opinion. I think times of crisis is the greatest time that we are most open to learning about God's character because we're more, we're more willing to listen. Okay. Now I know Sully had his hand up first, so go ahead. 
Well, on your standpoint, I agree. But I also agree the fact that in quoting Bruce, um, oh my goodness, hold on. Yeah, Bruce Lee, again, <laughs> I, I, I do not pray for an easy day. I pray for the strength to get through the day. In a time of crisis, I feel the fact that and I don't care if it's a pandemic, you lost a, your dog, you lost your boyfriend, you will change from that point on. You lost your job. Your point of view will change dog. your actual... Oh, yeah. Poor, poor dog left with the boyfriend. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, right? It's something. <laughs> and then you lost the house in the tornado. But continuing on. Yeah. I'll go, Mike, let me yeah, go, good. and then you go. <laughs> Listen, right. in, in 30 years of marriage, we have gone through financial issues. We've gone through demotions. We've gone through loss of family members. And there are promises. There are so many promises in God's word that you have to hang on. I know in the past weeks, we've talked a lot about trust. And in, if it's in your DNA, you're going to trust God no matter what happens. Because into every life, a little rain must fall. It's a great song. Look it up. It's 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 real. It's true. You have to when you go through these types of things, you have to lean on God's promises. He promises to never leave us or forsake us. And you know what? And if you're if you're if you're going through something like right now, it turn you must turn to God. You have to trust him because it says so many times in the Bible, he's not he loves you. He's going to take care of you. He needs you to trust him. You're going to come through. You're going to come through. Go ahead. Can I can I ask you before you hop off, what does that look like trusting God? What does it look like trusting God? It you know what? It's I'm not sure how to answer that question, but it begins like this. It begins down on your knees. It begins on your face. Trusting God to meet your needs, asking him to meet the needs that you have. And you know what? They may not be these huge needs that everybody thinks you need. Meet the need. Like a four-wheeler in a hot tub. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, every time I wanted one of those things, a family member or a friend would always get hurt. So we never did that. But trusting God to meet your needs. Tom, you know what I'm talking about. Justin, you know what I'm talking about. Mike, you know. And Sully, I think you know now. That you trust God to meet your needs. Are we eating every day? Do we have shelter? Are we warm? Are you thankful for those things? This is, I mean, this is, these are the things that we have to do when we go through trials. Look to God. Be thankful for what you have. Ask him for what you need. He promised that he's got you. Somebody already said that. I love that. But he's got you. He's got us. But DNA, it's got to be part of your DNA, the trust. The promises are there. Trust him. Give it all. Give it all. I'm all in. I'm all in. I got. I got to jump into this. There's a lot that's helped me through this. This, you know, how how does your perspective of God change in a time of crisis? Great question. I got to jump over to David for this one. Psalm 42. Okay. Psalm 42 was David's disaster. That's that's where that's where David literally lost it. He lost it all. 
essentially after everything happened to him, he was getting dethroned by his son and everything else was going wrong. I mean, some of the, some of the words in here, I mean, it was like, you, you know, my soul thirsted for the God, for the loving God, for the, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? I mean, he was, he was ready to die. Uh, my, yeah, my tears have been my meat night and day while they continually say unto me, where is thy God? He's talking about inside, you know, he was having struggles within as well. You know, like where's, where's your God when all this stuff's going on? You know, why art thou cast down? O my soul. And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Now, in this chapter, I, I have gone to this chapter right here. I don't know how many times in my life. This is the chapter that I have gone to when I was looking for answers, when I felt everything was going wrong. And I'm like, how did David get out of his mess? Because he was in a heap of a big mess and everything was going on, but, you know, like horrible I mean, he was talking about deep calleth under deep. I mean, that's, that's when you have, that's when you have like the water coming up from below and coming up from above and everything else. And it's just coming in the boat from every which direction from the sky and from the waves too. You know, it's all, you're done. You're finished. Reminded me of that, that scene in Forrest Gump when he was walking through the right. water. The water was even coming up from the ground. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so when it, when it, when everything is just totally gone and everything's just fine, like, where do you go? What do you do? You praise the Lord. And that's how David did it. He praised God. He praised God through it all. And guess what? he made it through and you know what if you if you think about just that one thing in how your perspective your mindset can change what a crisis does to you and in time of crisis what do you do he was he was totally distraught by the end of that chapter i you got to read this verse by the end of that chapter here's he repeats this thing like three times in this chapter, but this, this last time I read the same verse, you would think this was the same verse, but it's not. It says, why art thou cast down? O my soul. And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. In the beginning, it was, I shall yet praise him for he's the help of his countenance. He was depending upon God being there. And it was the only reason why he had a smile on his face is because God was putting it there. And at the end of this chapter, he had gotten so overwhelmed by the fact that God loved him and was there for him. It, it wasn't just God's countenance shining through. It was his as well. And it was his God. And he could claim that again. It had changed his mindset. And that is exactly where we need to be. We need to focus on our, our mindset is a big deal. What was your first impression of God early on? And how has your perspective changed over the years or over just time in general? Give like a 30 second, just rapid fire. All right. So I'll start off here with 
when I when I first came to God, when I first knew who God was, what God was, I was just a little kid. My first impression of God was this really, really nice guy who, you know, kids could come to him and talk to him, and there was all these stories. You know, it was real cartoony God. As I've grown and lived life and had life happen to me, it's it's deepened to more of a a father figure, the one that, you know, everyone's going to do bad stuff to me, but I'm going to go tell my dad because in the end, he's going to teach his dad a lesson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So how did it go? Where did it change over the years? Um, it changed at so many stops. Cause like I said, I was five when I came to know God as my savior and now I am 38, 30. So, so I'm 38. And so in, in that time span, there's been all sorts of different milestones. So it's like, okay, I learned this much about God. Now I learned this much about God. Now I learned this much about God, you know, and every time I think I know who God is and what he wants from me and what are, what his uh, expectations are, he changes the rules on me and <laughs> I have to readapt. <laughs> Tom, can I just say something? We're the variable here. <laughs> right. I can't do it on my own. So I, Hey guys, I got to, I got a, I got a thing I want to talk to you about. <laughs> uh, we we have a comment that came in while Tom was was giving his little shout out there, um, from a gentleman by the name of Eric Nevins. I know this guy. Hi, Eric. Yeah, he is a podcaster for the Halfway There. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Uh, his his question is, what's the biggest hurdle for church unity? Little off topic, but I think it's I think it's still, uh. Wow. Anybody want to just give it, give an answer for this one? Ooh, that's the biggest hurdle. <laughs> it's always been theology. I think pe- people are, they're, they're hung up on theology and, and what that means to them. Uh, and, and I believe it's sometimes so in the, in the, uh, how come everybody's laughing? I'm having a hard time here. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just a really good question, and I'm anxious to answer it. <laughs> it's, oh, you're anxious too? I, I think there are certain – let me just say something about religion, okay? This is my feeling about that. There are so many things that are caught up in religion, and, and there's traditions that go along with religion. And, and, and those, are, those are big differences. When I was at the Baptist church, uh, somebody – came to visit first baptist of wayne in wayne we we had a lady come and and worship in a baptist church this baptist church mike i'm not talking about you guys because i haven't been there in a long time it's pretty controlled and this lady came and she was she was pentecostal and and she raised her hands and she stood up man she was jamming well there was a there was a an usher that dove over the over the pews to bring those arms down. We don't do that at a Baptist church, and we don't do that here. There, there are big differences in that way. I mean, I don't know if this is helping you at all, Mr. Nevins, <laughs> but I would say <laughs> there are so, the list is long. We're forgetting. We forget what's important. We forget that God's word is important. 
we forget that with without love we have nothing. I think that 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 we get in the way. Wayne said it great that we get in the way. Jesus said in the Bible that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. But now we have all these people that are saying yes, but that's not my way. You know, yes. I want to be a Seventh Day Adventist. That's not my way. You know, Jesus says I am the way. Yeah. You know, but everyone has their own flavor of the way. You know, so I want my, I want it my way, not his way. I want it my way because this is how it feels yeah. comfortable for me. This is what you know. This this is my comfort food. I like to be in my area. So we get in the way of church unity because we're so hung up on our own traditions that we're so close-minded. We're like the the um, horse race, the horses in the horse race, the blinders on that we know that this is the way that we have to go, and we don't want to look around and understand that we're all we're all on the same the same field you know we all believe in god we all believe that there's only one way to heaven but everyone has their own branches and those branches is what divides us i that's i i've thought that way for a while we get in our own way yeah we are our own worst enemy and it's proven time and time again that if we just let go and, and trust God. Wayne, you said it earlier. How do we trust God? It's that, you, you know, you, you got your hands on the reins. You just got to let it go. If you have that so tightly that you are going to control what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, you are yeah. going to just stre- worry yourself to death because you're worried about things you can't control. So it's right. okay to trust God. You know, um, and and trust—it's such a, a weighted word, but yeah, that's that's where I I feel passionate about. That's where that that's the big thing that uh, blocks unity. It's just ourselves. Yeah. You know, I I've I've been in a lot of different Baptist churches, and even even coming from my my standpoint, I've been ridiculed in in churches too, and I've also been in other other denominations as well, and you know. I've been I've been one of those Baptists that walked into a Catholic church because a Catholic boy asked me to come and, and be part of his uh, ceremony. So I went to the ceremony and then everybody was looking at me like, what are you doing here? You know? Yeah, right on. Yeah. And, you know, so it goes again, it goes all these different directions. You know what? It all boils down to this. Tom, Wayne, you guys are all hitting on it. OK. The devil is the deceiver of the brotherhood. Amen. Amen. He's been around for several thousand years. He's not stupid. He knows he knows what we what he knows why we tick and and what makes us tick. He watches us. He doesn't watch the people that are lost. He watches the people that are saved to find out where their faults are because he's he's wanting to come in and accuse us, the accuser of the brotherhood. Okay? Uh so he he wants to find out all those different areas and he wants to he wants to divide us into into all these different areas why because he's the author of confusion <laughs> and god is not god keeps it simple and the devil wants to complicate it why because the devil doesn't want god to get his reward that's the end game so what keeps what's the biggest hurdle for for uh church unity the devil and fighting the devil's game what is that? We need to stay out of it. We need to stop getting in here and letting our brain do the thinking and take this right here and let this be our guide. 
this is the reason this is the reason why we are on this group not because of our church affiliates it's because of this book and we believe this book we all believe this book so there's there's an answer right there where's what's the problem with church unity people don't believe this book they don't follow it they preach it but don't do what it says yeah and some and of if them you, just preach portions. Right. And, and yeah. some preach portions. Some some take it and they, they break it up to only fit their belief. But I tell you what, if you just simply follow the book, all of a sudden the brotherhood comes back together. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Uh, <clears throat> I just uh, finished my 8D training for quality. And um, there was something that, uh, Thomas, Thomas, uh, the teacher there, he, he, he said, in God, we trust all, everybody else needs to bring supporting documents. <laughs> My wife and I just talked about this the other day. Why, why do we insult? And I'm just going to say people groups, cause it doesn't matter who they are. We, we, we take people and we put them in these little boxes and say, you are this, we label it. And we say, therefore you can't be in our club. You know what I mean? I mean, can we sum this up? Can we be honest about this? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, he, he, woman, hater club. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. And no kidding, right? I mean, it's just as bad as the little rascals, you know, the he-man, woman, hater club. It's, I'm not joking. It's just, it's you, you are this it's, way it's or you run. sin this way, so you can't be here or, yeah, no. It, and and I think I think all of you guys have summed this up perfectly because Jesus can, can I just say that Jesus never came here to start a religion never he he did not come here to start a religion he came to here to explain what God had already told anybody everybody like in the Old Testament God was telling people stuff all the time and Jesus came in and was trying to explain it to everybody <laughs> like he wanted to show people what God was really like and there we go full circle back to the character character of God that's awesome. Now, guys, if you don't have anything else, let's wrap it up. And we'll wrap it up in our, our classic style with this has been Tom. This is Wayne. This is Solid. <laughs> this is Mike. <laughs> Thanks for watching. And as we depart, Justin, will you c- cut us out of here in prayer? Yes. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We pray, Lord, that you'll send your Holy Spirit to each and every person that is listening uh, and to our friends and family, Lord, that may not know you. And I pray, Father, that every single one of us will grow closer to you as the weeks uh, go by. We love you so much and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We'll see you guys next week. Good night, everybody. Hello again. I hope you had a great time. If you ever want to reach out to that Chili Crew, you can find them on the interwebs. You can find them in the Book of Faces, a Twittering Bird, and now also on a YouTube. YouTube. Who makes up these names? Anyway, and if you want to be part of the conversation, the Chili Crew every Thursday at 7 p.m. will go live on Facebook. Especially during this time, it's great to hear from anyone. I tell you right now, the UPS man has become my new best friend. Well, I hope you all stay safe, and Lord bless you.